sports fans, welcome back to Sports Box. I'm your host, Jude, as always. And guys, we are truly witnessing history. You know that there's there's been a lot of great dynasties, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into not all of them, but we'll talk about them. But we are truly witnessing, I think, one of the greatest dynasties we have seen. The Golden State Warriors in the last eight years have won four championships, gone to six has gone to six of those championships in the past eight years and has won four of them. What this Warriors team has done is undeniably one of the biggest accomplishments we have seen probably in the last decade. Well, it's been a decade, so probably the last two decades. And what's crazy, and what's crazy about this Warriors dynasty is that it wasn't long ago Many of us, including myself, for the most part, believed that it was over. Curry got hurt. He was out for the season. Klay Thompson tore his ACL for the first time. Um, real, a lot of young guys. Jordan Poole. I mean, I can remember watching Jordan Poole in a summer league game versus the Lakers. I think this was going into the 2020 season, the bubble year. This was going into that 2020 year. I remember watching Jordan Poole have three straight plays in a game where he had took a bad shot attempt, turned it over, and then turned it over again. <laughs> and I, I think I was thinking to myself, I was like, well, this dude's just not going to make any sort of impact in the league. <laughs> and I, I, I could firmly say that I was very, very, very wrong about that take. I was very wrong because Jordan Poole has not only transcended into a great role player, but a future all-star possibly? I mean, really, the what we saw this postseason from Jordan Poole was something I don't think any NBA fan, unless you were connected to Poole or Warriors fan, really expected from Jordan Poole. I mean, if you look at his postseason stats this year, if you look at his postseason stats this year, he was a baller. I mean, he was an absolute baller. In the first round versus... Denver, 21 points a game, 17 points a game in the second round, 16 and 13 in the finals. He averaged 17 points this season, this, this playoffs. He shot 50% from the field, 39% from three and 91% from the free throw. In fact, in the Western conference finals, this man did not miss a free throw. I'm not gonna lie, I did not think I was gonna be starting with my Jordan Poole rant, but I had to start with Jordan Poole because I think this is what is so fascinating about this Warriors team. Look, I, I'm gonna get into Steph and I'm gonna get into all the all the great players um, that you know played for this team this year um, and contributed a lot, but you've got to start with the guys that really showed what they were this postseason, and that's not only Jordan Poole, but that's Andrew Wiggins. I, I, I 100% believe that Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins were not playing grade A basketball or they weren't doing what they were doing this postseason, the Warriors would not have this fourth ring. They wouldn't. They would not have this fourth ring. And so that's why I think you have to start 
Because we know what Curry is, and we'll get into Clay, we'll get into Dre. But this team, we're looking at the future right now. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Jonathan Kaminga, James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Gary Payton. Those are the guys that have the chance to keep this dynasty alive for the next five, six years. They are the ones. Now, that doesn't mean that Curry isn't unbelievable and what Curry has put on the court this finals was not amazing. Because it was. <laughs> there's, there's no going around what Steph Curry did this year, um, this postseason, and, and just alone in, this, in these playoffs. What he did this year was amazing. 31 points a game. Six rebounds, five assists, 48% from the field, 43% from three, 85% from the line in this year's finals. He was unstoppable. He was unstoppable. And and there's no getting around that. But let's talk about the team as a whole, right? We've talked about Jordan Poole. We've talked about Andrew Wiggins. We'll talk about them more. But I want to talk about the dynasty that the Warriors have become. Because this is quite interesting. Where Where do you rank them? I'll give you a second. Because I think something that us us as sports fans and all of us as sports fans and, and and you cannot say you don't like to rank players rank players rank dynasties rank teams rank coaches rank individuals rank stadiums rank logos whatever it is as sports fans we love this idea of ranking we love it and we love it so much because it it, it keeps this constant conversation going on about players that's why your top 10 all-time players is probably the most argued rank ranking there is. Because everyone has their own opinion. So where, where do you rank these Golden State Warriors? And I'm not here to tell you your opinion's wrong or where you rank them are too high or too low. Because everyone's entitled to their own opinion, so I'll let you have it. But I do think it's interesting to talk about some other dynasties that were around during... Or that have just been around. You obviously have the Chicago Bulls in the in the '90s when Jordan won six rings, or the Bulls won six rings, I should say. I think you have the New England Patriots. I think you have the Los Angeles Lakers, the Boston Celtics for when they were in the '80s, and then also in the '60s. I jokingly said you have the Chiefs. Um, at one point in time, I think many people would have believed that the Chiefs were a dynasty, but sadly, they are not a dynasty. Um, and probably will not be a dynasty unless they have a pretty good season this year. I, I don't see that dynasty really being it. The Yankees, during the 50s and 60s when Babe Ruth was alive, but then also in the late 90s into the 2000s, they won, I believe, five championships um, in about a 10-year, eight-year span. Um, you have, obviously, the Lakers. I don't know if I touched on them. You have the Lakers who won... Five championships between 88 and 78. Um, And then you have them. They won five championships um, in the early 2000s and in the 90s. So there's. I I don't mean to bore you with all those dynasties, but there's tons of dynasties. And there's so many more. You have the Cowboys. You have the Red Sox. You have the Steelers. You have so many dynasties, but there's certain periods of time. So it's interesting where we would put the Warriors. Now, I think the Warriors, when when I first thought about this, I said, oh, the Warriors are a top five dynasty. And then I did some more thinking, some more researching. I even talked to my dad. (laughs) And 
the more I thought about it was as great as they've been, I don't think they are a top five dynasty yet. As crazy as it is. As crazy as it is. So I'm going to leave it at that. Because I'm sure I'm going to have fun this offseason with the NBA at least talking about dynasties. And that's definitely something I'll, I'll, I'll probably create a list of my rankings. So I'm not going to bore you because this is more just about the Warriors. But the more I thought about it, they're not a top five dynasty yet. I think you have to take into account that they have not won five yet. To me, five is the magic number when we're looking at these. Um, but they're very close to that top five. They are very close to that top five. But moving on. More importantly, this dynasty would not be possible without Steve Kerr. And that's where I want to start. Because as great as the players are and as great as Curry was, and we're going to get into Curry, and I, I, I need to take down some, some just bad rumors, not rumors, but just narrative about Curry. Uh, but we'll get into that. Steve Kerr is the guy that truly, and I full-heartedly believe, made this dynasty possible. Look, there's a lot of praise to Mark Jackson, who kind of brought these guys in, brought in the philosophies, or just brought in the foundations, I should say. So there's a lot of credit. But I don't think Mark Jackson would be sitting here today with four championships in the past eight years. I don't. I think Steve Kerr is that guy. And I'm not here again to give you my ranking in my top you know, NBA coaches of all time. But Steve Kerr is there. And there, there's absolutely no denying it. As a player and a coach, he's won nine championships. Nine. Nine of them. Four as a coach, or five as a coach, four as a player. So, I find this very interesting. What does Steve Kerr do that other coaches don't do? And we could sit up here and say, oh, he has Steph Curry, he has Clay Thompson, he has Draymond Green. Okay. That still doesn't answer the question of, what does Steve Kerr do different? Because you can have all those tools in the world, but it doesn't matter how you put it together. It doesn't matter if you can't put it together. And so I looked into it. I said, what, what, what does Steve Kerr really do that makes himself different? And the first thing I found was joy. Everything that Steve Kerr implements into this Warriors team and, 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 and in his life too is joy. When you watch the Golden State Warriors play basketball, they're having fun with it. They're having fun with it. And, and you could say, and, and you know, we, we could sit up here and say, well, doesn't every team have fun playing basketball? Oh, they might have fun playing basketball and they might enjoy playing basketball. But there's a difference between saying what you mean and doing what you mean. The Warriors do what they mean. So they have fun when playing. They don't got to say, they don't got to sit up after every, after every game, you know, or press conference or an interview on a podcast or with a radio show and say, oh, I enjoy playing basketball. Because we already know those guys on the Warriors team enjoy to play basketball. And that's what makes them so fun to watch. And that's, to me, probably the biggest foundation of this Warriors team and why they win so much. You know, I was reading something earlier today about perspective. And, and this is where I see the Warriors kind of, I, I kind of thought about the Warriors when I was reading. And, and it was interesting because it was talking about perspective and, and how, we, how we handle things and how big the world is and how little, you know, small, minuscule minutes are. 
And it got me thinking. That's exactly what the Warriors do. They, they don't worry about, you know, looking good or, you know, how they dress or whatever. Yeah, they might do that because that's what people do. But in general, that's not something they truly think about. Because those things, at the end of the day, they don't matter. And I think that's what makes the Warriors so good is they just care about basketball. And not that other teams don't, but they show it. They show it. So then the other things that Steve Kerr really, really implements in his philosophy is mindfulness, competitive, and compassion. And I feel as a coach, those are probably the four things. If you want to ever become a coach, those are the four things you should probably carry with you because it's making Steve Kerr a lot of money and very successful in in, in the NBA. So it might help in whatever you might be doing. So that, that's kind of where I wanted to start with the Warriors because I feel as if Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, all those players are great. All those players are great. There's no getting it wrong. But it doesn't matter if you don't have a coach. It doesn't. It, 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 at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know? But let's talk about Steph Curry. Let's talk about Wardell Stephen Curry, the second. <laughs> Other no, otherwise known as Chef Curry. Now... Steph Curry is one of these players where you're just like, wow. You're just like, wow. And I want to keep it short with Steph Curry because we could talk on forever about Steph Curry. And you've probably heard a thousand different opinions on Steph Curry. But I want to get to the narratives about Steph Curry that are just hard to realize that people actually believe those. And the first one is he's ruining the game of basketball. It's funny, I heard a caller in um, Contour Sports Show the other day talking about how he thinks Steph Curry would be an afterthought in the 90s. Hmm. An afterthought in the 90s. An eight-time All-Star, eight-time All-NBA, two-time MVP, one-time Finals MVP, four-time NBA champ, two-time scoring champ, um, greatest shooter of all time, most three-pointers made in a career, would be an afterthought? This is the problem I think we have with nowadays media. They love to hate. They love to hate. And in whatever way they might find, they just love to hate. And I don't think it's fair to players. And obviously these guys, Steph Curry, I mean, he hears this all the time. So he probably turns a blind eye to all of these, you know, negative comments that come his way because they just don't bother him. But I feel that it's my job as someone that broadcasts this sport and talks about the sport that's important to know that Why do we say these things? Why can't we just accept that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time? It doesn't matter what era he would have played in. He would still be one of the best point guards. Guys, the greatest shooter of all time would not be an afterthought. And so this kind of ties into my next narrative that I've heard a lot is that Steph Curry ruins the game of basketball. And Christopher Russo, who's on first take, he has his own show on Mad Dog, he loves to say this. He absolutely loves to say this. That Steph Curry ruined the game of basketball. How? In fact, I honestly think he might have made the game of basketball better. If you haven't noticed, in any sport, there's evolution. The sport evolves. You can't continue to do what they did in the 90s and the 2000s because people were just having shorter careers. Now look at LeBron James. He's in year, what, 17, 18? Year 18? And he's still going. And he's still one of the top players in the league. So I think this idea that Steph Curry has ruined the game is an awful take. 
and I know that everyone's fair to their own opinion, but if you say that, you're just hating. There's a difference between having a, a, an opinion and hating, and that's hating. And so this idea that he's ruined the game is, is an awful take, and, and, and I don't want to go further into it, but I feel as if it had to be touched on because this team is special and Steph Curry is special. But as special as they are, I want to talk about what the future looks like for the Warriors because it, it's quite interesting. And we're going to start with the two guys who are kind of the sidekicks. I shouldn't say the sidekicks, but kind of the, the wingmen of Steph Curry. That's literally the same as a sidekick. But anyway, you get the point. Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. Now, <laughs> unless you're living under a rock, Klay Thompson did not have <laughs> a good finals. In fact, he did not really have a good postseason. Um, if you look at his postseason this year, in the NBA Finals, he averaged 17 points, three rebounds, two assists, shot 35% from the field, 35% from three. He made, he made all his free throws, but really just did not feel like a Klay Thompson that we are used to seeing. Now, it's fair to assume, is this something we're expecting for the near future, or should we just be expecting this right now, and then he'll have a summer, get, him, get his legs under him, and then he'll be good? I think the latter. I, I, I think Klay Thompson will still be good. Um, he's right. He's 32. Look, and, and the great thing about this Warriors team is that the two guys that they, they consistently rely on are both amazing shooters. So they don't, while maybe their athleticism might diminish, you can always shoot the basketball. So that's, that's the great thing about having a guy like Curry and a guy like Clay being able to just, just shoot, the, shoot the top off the rim. Really just be able to knock down whatever they need. But I do think it's interesting to look at the future for a second and say, okay, they've just won four, they were just coming off their fourth championship in eight years. What is there to expect? Well, like I mentioned earlier, you have a guy in, in a, a star, a, a, I wouldn't say a superstar, but you have a star in the making in Jordan Poole who can potentially be that Clay Thompson re, replace, you know, replaceable. You got a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman, and Gary Payton. Now, I'm not saying all these guys are going to be stars, but I think Jonathan Kaminga is going to be very good. I think Moses Moody is going to be very good. James Wiseman is still going to remain a question mark to I see him play on an NBA court. Gary Payton, while maybe he's not the versatile scorer that the Warriors probably want, or but they don't even want that. They just want a guy like Gary Payton who's, who can attack the rim, he's physical on defense, and he's smart. That's, that's all you need from a Gary Payton. And you have Andrew Wiggins. Now, Andrew Wiggins' contract is up after this season. Or th- he's, his contract's up. So they're going to have to figure out some logistics on how to pay him and how to pay the rest of the guys. I do think while this dynasty can continue, it will have to continue without a Clay Thompson or a Draymond Green. That, that's my firm belief. So going back to what I was talking about earlier is how special we are to see this dynasty. You know, especially for someone my age, this is the true first dynasty besides the Patriots I can look at and say, oh my God, this is the definition of dominance. Just the pure definition of dominance. And the last thing I'll finish up on is this championship by the Golden State Warriors does hurt Kevin Durant. I'm not going to go into it, but that's all. I just had to, to say that because you 
for a team to win a championship before he came. Then he came, they won championships. And then after, they went championship. And he still hasn't won a championship without Steph Curry. Does hurt his legacy just a tad. He's still a phenomenal player and one of the greatest scorers of all time. But that does not change the fact that it does hurt his legacy as an NBA player. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining me on today's podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jim, signing off.